millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code gold to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future go to noblegoldinvestments.com now noblegoldinvestments.com this performance may not be indicative of future results investing in precious metals including gold involves risks consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. It looks like Rumble is not working. Why in the hell does that happen? All right, we are on the air. I can see it now. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Appreciate you. If you haven't yet, please consider hitting the like button or hit the share button. Help us get this out there on your favorite social media platform. We've got a lot to discuss. There was some confusion earlier today. I saw doomers and gloomers saying the Epstein stuff wasn't going to come out, but the judge has clarified their order. And ACDC, 1979. I mean, this is obvious, but... He says, nothing's going to happen with the list while Dickhead's in office and his knee pad wearing skank. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but we got to think bigger, guys. It's not just about right now. It's not, this is not the time we're going to get justice from Joe Biden's Justice Department. So if for some reason you're thinking that the release of this names is going to result in a whole bunch of people getting arrested, it's probably not. Okay, more than likely, what's going to be resulting from this? is a vast and continued awakening, a revelation to the American people and the world exactly who was involved in Jeffrey Epstein's criminal schemes. So sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. My friends, 
Gold is on the rise. It just soared past $2,000 an ounce. And the wars in Israel and the Ukraine, plus the rate cuts that are on the table, well, all of these things are working together to help fuel the meteoric rise of this beautiful, precious metal. And the top banks, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, all of them are forecasting sizable rate cuts coming up in the election year. And you've got the heads of the top financial firms pointing out the similarities to what we see in America now in the 1970s. Take a look back at 1979. At that time, we had the Iran hostage crisis. There was war in the Middle East, and major U.S. cities were in disarray and stagflation. At that time, gold went from $158 an ounce in 1974 to $850 an ounce in 1980. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing even higher. There's a direct correlation between the national debt and the price of gold. Back in 2020, the U.S. debt was at $23 trillion and gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, now in 2023, it's $33 trillion and gold is over $2,000 an ounce. Now, President Trump, he warned us the U.S. dollar no longer being the world standard will be our greatest defeat in 200 years. So you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Remember to mention me, Zach Payne, and Red Pill News. And when you do, you will always get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no fee for life IRA. It's available on qualifying rollovers and to find out if you do qualify, give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and get your free investor guide today. Once again, Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top rated gold IRA dealer for 7 years in a row. Call them today at 888- 857-6092 and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm extremely excited to bring you today's episode. Want to give a big shout out to several of the people in the chat. Tell you what, there is uh, roughly 700 people here right now. As you file in, if you haven't yet, please consider hitting that like button. I got a mailbag grab today. I want to say a big thank you to Marinda for sending her yearly donation of uh, something like a 100 rolls of toilet paper. Let me tell you, I usually don't have to buy toilet paper until October. So thank you very, very much for that, Marinda. She sent a couple of other things this time, trash bags and uh, scrubbies for the sink. It's very appreciated. I also need to say Merry Christmas to the lovely Hirpe family. Here we have Matthew. Sandra, Hayden, and Hunter. Hayden and Hunter are right there. Matthew and Sandra are on the back fishing with their lovely family. They say it's the most wonderful time of the year. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and enjoy the warmth and magic of the holiday season. That we did, Matthew, Sandra, Hayden, and Hunter. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I also got a beautiful card with a uh, very kind donation from Diane. Thank you so much, Diane. She writes, Hi, Zach. I listen to you all the time on Rumble. Here's a donation for your great work. Uh, I met you at the Patriot Voice event in Las Vegas. I remember. Uh, She says, Lisa took a picture of us for me. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't donated in a long time. My adult children have been struggling with things like the prices of baby formula, etc. And mom to the rescue. I absolutely understand and, uh, and I appreciate you choosing to donate anything at all. It really does mean a lot. She continues, I hope that you, Lisa, and family had a wonderful Christmas. Here's to a better new year, 2024, 
fondly, Diane. Thank you so much, Diane. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you sticking with me all these years. I also need to say thank you to Helena. Helena, thank you very much for the donation as well. She says, Merry Christmas. Merry Magical Christmas. Love and blessings to both of you. God keep you song. God keep you safe and strong. Helena. Thank you so much, Helena. And that is it for today's mail. It's funny. The UPS store called me and they were like, listen, hon, you got to get up here right now. We just got a huge box for you. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's got to be from Marinda. So anyways, I want to say thank you. Also, to the troll in the chat, if you haven't yet, make sure you go check my episode from yesterday where I break down exactly why Donald Trump would not be on any sort of list comparing Jeffrey Epstein's criminal compatriots to the things that John, excuse me, that Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump were involved in. Let me just repeat for everybody here, if you didn't see yesterday's episode, then you may not know that Donald Trump was the only person of wealth, means, and import that was willing to speak to the lawyers for the victims of Jeffrey Epstein. That's right. They were not needed to subpoena him. He spoke to them on the record for as much time as they needed, gave them all the information about Jeffrey Epstein that Donald Trump knew. Now, keeping in mind that when Jeffrey Epstein was a member of Mar-a-Lago and he was attending Mar-a-Lago, it was well before he ever pled guilty to essentially the solicitation of a prostitute. However, Jeffrey Epstein's true crimes involved the trafficking of young children, the grooming of girls and paying them to give massages and have sex with world leaders, people like former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, people like mm, uh, the guy from LinkedIn, people like likely Bill Gates. These are the people that we're expecting to see on this list. Bill Clinton is another big one. Bill Clinton doesn't look like he's doing so hot, probably because he knows exactly what's coming out. Listen, we're not going to talk first about what's going on with the Jeffrey Epstein list, because I'm actually hoping that while we're on the air, it's going to be released. It should be more than a list. It should be a collection of court documents, which include the names of some very powerful people. I will say this. The mainstream media has been writing about this every several hours nonstop. They seem to be in a bit of a tizzy, wondering exactly who is going to be exposed. Now, I mentioned a couple of names that we already know. It's likely we're going to get a couple of names that we don't. The most important information that could be released about Jeffrey Epstein and his criminal network of child traffickers and women rapers would be the blackmail material that the FBI took from his brownstone and his Palm Beach place. And I'm sure he also had plenty of blackmail material out at Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. Donald Trump never visited any of those places or was alleged to have had sexual relations with a 16-year-old girl, as so many other of Jeffrey Epstein's close business associates were. You see, Jeffrey Epstein didn't manage Donald Trump's money. They didn't have an ongoing relationship. When Jeffrey Epstein was found to have been creeping on little girls at Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump, or the manager of Mar-a-Lago, under the uh, employee of Donald Trump, kicked Jeffrey Epstein out. Then, later, Jeffrey Epstein was uh, actually caught and he was charged, and then the Justice Department was told to cut him loose because he belonged to intelligence. Now, the question remains, was that the intelligence of the United States of America? So was it the CIA? Was it the FBI? Or was it some other foreign intelligence apparatus? 
Who knows? We're going to investigate that a little bit more in just a moment. But first, let me begin by delivering a little bit of bad news to the one and only Nikki Haley. That's right. Uh, the once President Trump appointee, now a wannabe presidential candidate, Nikki Haley, as I said several days ago, is an anchor baby. That means that she is not eligible to be president of the United States. And here we have a, an analysis from a legal scholar who believes the exact same thing, that Nikki Haley is disqualified from serving as either president or vice president because of her anchor baby status. This person, who is a U.S. constitutional expert, is named Paul Ingrassia, and he has continued to speak on and reignite this fiery debate about what it means to be a natural-born citizen. The natural-born citizen status under the U.S. Constitution should be very obvious, and to be quite honest with you, it's written in plain English. It's just that there's a lot of people nowadays who are very, very stupid and they don't necessarily know how to read or they don't know the meanings behind words. And that's the reason that the left continually tries to change the meanings of words because they want to dumb down the average IQ. They want to dumb you down so that it's easier to lie to you, so it's easier to control you. But this is and remains a debate with significant proportions for any future presidential candidate that wasn't born in the United States to United States citizens. This is an analysis that's coming from American Greatness. And Mr. Ingracia is a law clerk, a two-time Claremont fellow. He's also a member of President Trump's National Economic Council. And meticulously, Mr. Ingracia has examined this very constitutional provision at the heart of the eligibility controversies. And it involves figures such as John McCain, the one and only Kamala Harris, Neepads Harris. But at the core of this argument... Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. In that section, Mr. Ignacia suggests that unambiguously it mandates that only natural-born citizens of the United States are eligible to assume the presidency. What does that mean? Well, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 states, and I quote, No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of the Constitution shall be eligible for the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained the age of 35 years, be 14 years a resident within the United States. So, the distinction between a natural-born citizen and... Birthright citizenship, which is what Nikki Haley and Nepads Harris have, is central to Mr. Ingracia's analysis. Now, the former term is expressly reserved for those born on American soil to U.S. citizen parents. This is a requirement not emulated for other federal offices. It is unique to the office of the presidency. This is a stringent criterion, and it traces all the way back to the founding fathers' fears of foreign influence at the highest level of government, something that our modern-day government has seemed to have forgotten. Joseph Robinette Biden being controlled by the Chinese Communist Party and so many members of Congress having dual citizenship in other nations around the world, if not one nation around the world. But this debate has happened 
before. Presidential campaigns of John McCain, uh, Barack Obama, Ted Cruz, Kamala Harris, all of them have faced some level of scrutiny for this very particular clause. And legal scholars continue to explore to determine how it should be implemented in the modern world. There are some people like Lawrence Solemn who suggest that being born in the U.S. to citizen parents suffices for being considered a natural-born citizen. That makes the most sense to me. Now, John Eastman's arguments regarding Kamala Harris further highlight the complexity of the issue. It proposes that the status of one's parents at birth is crucial in determining eligibility. In Nikki Haley's situation, it's been reported that her parents were not U.S. citizens at the time they were born, In excuse me, at the time she was born in 1972. And in fact, the Constitution's standards, as interpreted by Mr. Ingrassia, disqualifies her from both presidential or vice presidential candidacy under the 12th Amendment. Ingrassia further highlights that although she may claim citizenship by birth place, this does not satisfy the natural born requirement as laid out in the United States Constitution. So the discussion uh, uh, diverges a little bit from the precedent of Wong Kim Ark, where the Supreme Court addressed birthright citizenship, but did not conflate this with the specific breed of natural born citizenship, which is needed for presidential eligibility. So at the end of the day, since Nikki Haley's parents were both not citizens, they hadn't been here long enough to attain citizenship. Nikki Haley was born to immigrant parents who were here merely on visas, and that makes it so that she is not a natural-born citizen. She may have birthright citizenship, but that is where it ends. Nikki Haley cannot be president. Nikki Haley cannot be vice president. So the argument that many people out there are attempting to make right now that Nikki Haley should be President Trump's vice president, you can go ahead and just count that out right now. As we've said in the past, legality or the definition of words has never stopped the deep state or the left or even the rhinos from doing whatever it is that they want to do. In this instance, I think it's something that we should continue to harp on because I don't want Nikki Haley anywhere near President Trump's second term in administration. <clears throat> Now, before we get into the rest of the news, a little bit of bad news for Mr. Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious. President Trump had a couple of choice comments for him very recently when he spoke exclusively to uh, Breitbart. And yes, thank you so much, Snowcat Operator. Nice mug, he says. It is my official Donald Trump mugshot mug, the mugshot heard around the world. The most impactful, the most powerful, the most widely viewed mugshot, <clears throat> more widely viewed than Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, more widely viewed than Jesse James, more widely viewed than the Unabomber even. I don't know anybody who's got a Unabomber t-shirt. They might make them, <clears throat> but Donald Trump, his face emblazoned everywhere. Oh, also, let me, that one's from Vector. Here is from Fredo. This is a koozie, just in case I have a cold beverage. I don't have a can today, though, so thank you very much. Okay. Oh, honey, what are you saying? Check your messages. Okay. Well, real quick. Great. What am I do? Did I do? want me to bring in vectors? Oh, my gosh, yes. Se- honey, come in with the blanket. I, ca- I forgot we hadn't even showed it yet. Vector sent me a blanket, too. Vector, you're the best. Mm. All right, so <clears throat> Donald Trump. 
Uh, if Nikki Haley can't be president or vice president, I say Ron DeSantis can't be president or vice president simply because he's a Judas goat, if you will. President Donald Trump said that Ron DeSantis walks like a duck when he's wearing these high heel lifts inside his cowboy boots and that a really good debater could force DeSantis to take his shoes off on live television and reveal the lifts inside. Hold on just a sec. We're just going to hear a clip of President Trump mocking Rhonda Sanctus. I tens of millions of, and I'm not wearing lifts either, by the way. <laughs> I don't have six inch heels. Actually, the greatest moment of the debate when Ron was walking around to Sanctimonious was walking off the stage. And his feet, it's weird. Because <laughs> his cowboy boots. So they have a high heel outside, but inside you got a big deal going on. And he's walking like... <laughs> no, he's walking off the stage like he's trying to balance himself. I thought he was wearing ice skates. Oh, it's so funny because it's true. Uh, now, also, I didn't realize this, but Ron DeSantis was on uh, Patrick Bet David's podcast and uh, they called him out for the boots. Oh, where where did the meme go? There was a really great meme about ah, here it is. This is it. <laughs> Take a look at this. It doesn't have, you know, 10 million views. This thing's got one point two million likes. And, and some people are wondering. How, what are they? I don't even know. I haven't so what, seen that. What there's, they've not shown this to you. Okay, what they're trying to say with this is that in your boots, you have heels. No, no, no. That's yeah, what no, no to those say. are just standard off the rack, um, Lucchese. Um, how, how, tall are you? how tall are you, Governor? How tall 5'11". Are you? 5'11". Okay. Why don't you wear tennis shoes and dress shoes? Uh, I do wear tennis shoes when I work out. Yeah, 100%. You do? Yep. Okay. I got a gift for you. I'd love for you oh, to wear... No! Okay, I shot at Ferragamo. Okay. And put these shoes on. Oh, God. I don't accept gifts. I can't accept oh. it. I'm sorry. It doesn't have. Oh, that you know, was own. Oh, good Lord. Oh, okay. Let me show you guys the blanket that Vector sent me because it's pretty awesome. I got to make sure that the orientation is correct. Look at that. It's Abraham Lincoln, guys, to keep Lisa and I warm on a cozy winter night. Anyways, Vector, thank you so much. This is awesome. Honey, you can come get this. I got to set it right next to the desk. So, Nikki Haley can't be president or vice president. Ron DeSantis is a laughingstock, unfortunately for him. And President Trump's campaign has called out the grifter Aaron Perrine. MAGA disowns her. So, Aaron Perrine uh, was formerly working for President Trump. And then she left MAGA world to go align herself with DeSanctimonious. And she worked for the pro-DeSantis super PAC, Never Back Down. Now, Never Back Down is essentially folded. Uh, she had to leave. But President Trump's team is now calling her a traitor. Take a look at this. She appeared on Fox News. Oops, I forgot to go back. <clears throat> she appeared on Fox News. <clears throat> Where is my cat? My cat is not in, in the room. She's probably in uh, the bedroom with Lisa and the dogs. So Aaron Perrine most recently worked for Ron DeSantis's super PAC. And she just recently appeared on Maria Bartiromo's program. 
And rather than title herself as somebody associated with Ron DeSantis, because obviously his campaign is dead, she is listed as the former Trump campaign communications director. I don't know if you guys can see that right there. But clearly, she no longer wants to be associated with DeSantis, and she wants to be associated with Trump because she knows a winner when she smells one. I don't know if she believed in Ron DeSantis challenging Donald Trump uh, or if she's just a grifter, as they say. Maybe she got a, a big payday and she needed to pay some bills. I don't know. But Trump war room. I couldn't believe that they said this. Look at this grifter, Aaron M. Perrine, trying to use her previous Trump association to get on TV. She chose to side with the sanctimonious and nothing can ever wash that foul stench of shit off her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> This is coming from Trump's campaign. Traitor! <laughs> oh, so she was there to talk about how Biden's failing and people are basically flocking to Trump. <laughs> and uh, and the Trump campaign called her out. I just I couldn't even believe it. Oh. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay. Yes, I have a, I have a very special clip. A very special video. I think I'm going to try to find at least one music video to watch in every show. We're going to watch a special edition President Trump video. That's coming up in just a few minutes, probably on the other side of the commercial break. Um, but this is an update to the story we spoke about yesterday. Remember the guy in Colorado? He he broke into the Colorado Supreme Court. He discharged a weapon. Well, he's been anon- excuse me. He has not been anonymized. He has been identified. And his ex-wife is actually speaking out to kind of give a reason as to why he did what he did. I mean, obviously, I think anybody in their right mind would not have done something like this. So he must have been in the midst of some sort of mental health crisis, and it looks like that's exactly what it was. It looks like he is a man by the name of Brandon Olson. He's 44 years old. Let me just show you. He's got this look in his eyes, guys. And I'll tell you, when I was in high school, uh, my psychology teacher said to me that 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 people with a certain type of mental illness, they have this look in their eyes, this kind of vacant, faraway stare. Like, there's no emotion there, and it's almost like they're dead inside. And I gotta say, that's kind of what he looks like right there. I mean, most people, if you just got arrested by the Colorado State Troopers after breaking into the Colorado Supreme Court, you know, you, you, you might have just a, a couple of different emotions uh, playing out, but he doesn't seem to have that. So, you know, I hope that he He's going to be okay, but it's a kind of a tragic story. His wife spoke out and uh, and she said that uh, the the reason this happened is likely because he's on drugs and he's suffering from mental issues after they divorced. Uh, And what happened was not political. It just, you know, he came it all came to a head and he kind of lost his shit. So. She said he wanted to see his children, and we didn't allow that, and he just went a little crazy, uh, and that uh, it's not some weird political thing. That has nothing to do with anything. So I, I'm, I'm glad to know that there was nothing political because I was expecting them to try to find something political uh, to uh, uh, attempt to, to tie this to, uh, but good news for that. Now, do you guys remember Brianna Ladapo? I had her on the show a couple of months back. She is the, the wife of the Surgeon General of Florida. Uh, the Surgeon General of Florida has proven to be like super based. He, he's got great 
great policy when it comes to health and health care. And uh, he's just recently uh, suggested that the United States and I guess all Florida probably to begin with, because this is where he's the Surgeon General. But he said that we need to use, halt the use of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. Now, that's obvious to anybody watching the show who is awake and aware and has been paying attention. If you're watching the show and you think I'm crazy to suggest that we should halt the use of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, well, I don't have enough time in this show to explain to you why you're wrong having that opinion. Everyone has the right to an opinion. I mean, they're like uh, elbows and assholes. Everybody's got one. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they are formed or drawn from accurate information. The sad fact is, if by this point you haven't realized that the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, quote unquote, which is not a vaccine, it's more like a genetic modification therapy that destroys your immune system, uh, causes your cells to uh, run away, produce the spike proteins, uh, causes all sorts of problems like uh, inflammation, autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, obviously blood clots and heart issues. <clears throat> well, I don't know. If, if you haven't listened by now, then maybe you should go get a booster. <clears throat> but uh, in speaking about the dangers of these COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, Ladapo said the FDA's response does not provide data or evidence that the DNA integration assessments they recommend themselves have been performed. Instead, they pointed to genotoxicity studies, which are inadequate assessments of DNA integration risk. In addition, they obfuscated the difference between the SV40 promoter enhancer and the SV40 proteins, two elements that are distinct. So obviously, this is in regard to the DNA integration uh, 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 properties of these vaccines that was not recognized initially, and then also the presence of SV40, simian virus 40, which is a virus that has been known to cause cancer. If you go back to uh, the, the 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 released Merck tapes from like the 1960s, or maybe it was the 80s, when the head scientist from Merck who was developing the polio vaccine was caught on audio tape discussing the fact that simian virus 40 was present in polio vaccines, and they knew that it caused cancer, and they knew that they were going to give people cancer when they pushed that vaccine out. <clears throat> and then they laughed about it. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about the modern medical establishment. Healthcare is not about keeping you healthy. Healthcare is about the propagation of their business model, which is keeping you sick. So they give people the polio vaccine. Maybe those people are not in a wheelchair or maybe they are in a wheelchair because they took the polio vaccine. Whatever it is, I don't even know what polio does to you. It's a, basically a dead disease at this point. But <clears throat> what happened is they gave everybody cancer. They started a cancer epidemic and, and then they, 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 they spurred it on and, and then it exploded because of all the other junk that's put into our food and in the air and in our water, et cetera, et cetera. But DNA integration with these vaccines poses a unique and elevated risk to human health, as well as to the integrity of the human genome. I've speculated numerous times on this program, the COVID-19 vaccines have been pro have been shown to alter your DNA, to change your genome. So when that happens, guys, are you even human anymore? If you are no longer an exact genetic copy of the person you were before you took the COVID-19 shots, then what are you? Are you something that they can go ahead and patent? Are you now the property of Pfizer or Merck or whoever it is? <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Now, uh, the DNA that integrated into sperm and egg gametes could have been passed on to offspring of COVID-19 vaccine recipients. Because of the fact that these vaccines were not tested for any length of time and the tests that were released were rather short and the data had been manipulated by Pfizer and others, we really have no idea what the long-term effects of these vaccines are. And so for the people who took the vaccines and then passed on these uh, various DNA fragments into the eggs and sperm uh, that they used to have children, uh, who knows what's going to happen to those kids? And quite honestly, many of those babies uh, naturally aborted themselves. They terminated before they had the opportunity to even become babies in a full form. But if the risks of DNA integration have not been assessed for mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, these vaccines are not appropriate for use in human beings. And again, this is something that many of us have known for a very long time. I would urge you, anyone out there who is considering getting a COVID-19 vaccine, I am not a medical professional. And there is a lot of information out there to show you exactly how dangerous these things are. Please look into it. If you're here to flame me and to tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist, please look into it. Look outside of your CNN, MSNBC, left-wing activist bubble. Look into the people who were vaccine proponents and then who got the jab and then came down with some horrible side effects. Look at the people who are out there begging to have their stories heard. We will soon, if we don't already, have an epidemic of people who are permanently disabled as a result of taking these jabs. And the real sad part is not all of them know that that's the reason they're sick or that that's the reason that they can no longer live their lives in the way that they could before. So I urge everyone, please do not get a COVID-19 vaccine if you have not already. If you are considering it, please do a little bit more research outside of your authoritative sources because the documentation and the data is there. All right. Before we get into the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. So sit back, relax. We're going to be right back after this. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome back. Thank you for sticking around. So it's time for the Epstein details. Early this morning, well, yesterday we reported that there had been a brief 
likely hold that was going to be placed on these Epstein documents coming out of the Jeffrey Maxwell case. Likely that was because we had a Jane Doe from these documents. I think I said John Doe yesterday, but it was a Jane Doe uh, who had requested for her name to be left out of the release entirely. So it was reported first thing this morning that the court was not going to release the documents, that it was going to be until January 22nd that we would be seeing it at all. Excuse me, at all. But that is actually not the case. These files are, in fact, coming out. And we know that uh, because it's actually been specified by the judge. <clears throat> now, the confusion surrounding it all lies around this one Jane Doe hoping to have her name left off of it. We're talking about 170 names or so. These are close associates of Jeffrey Epstein, victims of Jeffrey Epstein, procurers, groomers, you name it, probably some people that worked for Jeffrey Epstein as well. Uh, but the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York plans to begin publicizing the list today, but they are going to be holding off on three Jane Doe's. So those Jane Doe's are going to be victims of Jeffrey Epstein. So I don't necessarily think that it's imperative we get those names. Those people were victimized. They were either trafficked or they were sexually abused in some way. Uh, now, Jane Doe 107 was the one who was granted a 30-day extension. Uh, and during that time, she's going to have to come forward with evidence to say why she should have her name left off the list. But the Washington Examiner has confirmed that the names of Jeffrey Epstein's list in this court proceeding are going to start coming out. This was the initial extension that was granted based upon Jane Doe's hesitancy to have her name come out. It was originally said it was going to be released yesterday, uh, but as a result of this minor hiccup uh, from Jane Doe number 107, <clears throat> they have now agreed to go ahead and release it today. So why does she want her name off the list? Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. 
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Well, she says that she lives in a culturally conservative foreign country and that if her name is released to the public, she could suffer from physical harm uh, as a result of having been victimized, I guess. So how many countries out there are that culturally conservative that would blame you for being a victim of a sex trafficking scheme? I am going to put a bet out right now and say that this woman might live in a Muslim nation because it's only a Muslim nation that would victimize a woman in this way. And if you're a Muslim, I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean that you would do this. But these nations that are made up of uh, fundamentalist Muslim governments, uh, they tend to have really strict rules around the conduct and behavior of women. And it's been shown uh, on a number of occasions that women who even get raped in these nations. Oftentimes, they're the ones who are blamed for the crime happening to them. So Doe 107 has previously stated she lives outside the United States in a culturally conservative country, and she lives in fear of her name being released. So she has until January 22nd, and uh, by January 22nd, she has to submit an affidavit to support her assertion that if her name becomes public, it's going to put her in harm's way, and she has to provide details about the hate mail that she's received. Uh, now, that is interesting because it lends one the idea that perhaps her name has has been released in one form or another, because otherwise, how would anyone know that she was involved in this entire sordid affair? But this list of Epstein associates, as you all well know, is going to be full of people who are prominent, prominent connections to Jeffrey Epstein and people likely who abused women like Virginia Jeffrey. And of course, people who would likely be associated with Bill Clinton or Ghislaine Maxwell. Bill Clinton, of course, has been no, has been listed as likely one of the big names that we're going to see. He says he did nothing wrong. However, Virginia Jeffrey said she saw him on the island with a couple of young girls. We don't have any specific information about the ages of those girls, but knowing the the kind of uh, 
tastes, if you will, that Jeffrey Epstein had, you can bet that they were probably not 18 years old. Jeffrey Epstein tended to top out at 18. And if they were over 18, they were generally uh, on the underdeveloped side of the spectrum. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell, of course, she's the only one who's actually been tried and convicted for Jeffrey Epstein's crimes. So she's in prison for 20 years, uh, and it's all about her conspiring with Epstein to abuse these girls. And it was more than just conspiring. She was present. She was actually active in this. Uh, she would groom these girls herself. She would make them feel like they were special. Uh, She would show them how to use sex toys with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Now, this uh, this new order, uh, I think, is uh, is something that people should be excited for. Now, I say that because we had that comment earlier from ACDC 1979. Um, I think that we need to have relatively, I don't know, realistic expectations about what to expect when this information comes out. Is it going to lead to Joe Biden's DOJ under Merrick Garland prosecuting uh, a whole bunch of Epstein associates? Mm, No, I don't think so at all. I would not expect that to happen. I haven't expected that to happen. But what I do expect to happen is for the people who have been accused of doing horrible things to young women uh, with the full knowledge of what Jeffrey Epstein was doing, I expect those people to be exposed. I expect their personal lives to be turned upside down. I expect to see them attempting to justify their ongoing relationships with Jeffrey Epstein. I expect to see them discussing why it was that they were present on Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island or why they were flying on his plane or what specific business they had with Jeffrey Epstein. Why would anybody here that's watching this show, except for maybe the lefties that are out there looking to troll us, as soon as someone they know was arrested for some sort of crime against children, uh, here's here's an example. Uh, Let's say that your buddy, somebody you went to high school with, uh, was a, uh, a coach at a high school. And he started a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl who was vulnerable for one reason or another. Maybe she had a death in her family. Maybe her boyfriend died. And that person who is a coach at the high school uses that vulnerability and their power and position as somebody with authority over that 15-year-old girl to groom her and have a sexual relationship with her. Well, when that information came out, you would drop that friend like a hot potato. I guarantee it. And if you wouldn't, well, then maybe you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself a question about what type of a person you are. But if that was the case, I guarantee you the vast majority of people here would not want that person in their life anymore. So using that as an example, taking a look at Jeffrey Epstein's associations, his relationships, his friendships, why in the world, after Jeffrey Epstein pled guilty to the solicitation of minors, would people like Bill Clinton or Bill Gates or Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn, why would any of these people continue to associate with Jeffrey Epstein? Well, We know that Jeffrey Epstein didn't stop grooming and trafficking young underage girls. We know that Jeffrey Epstein continued on with the exact same sex trafficking grift that he was engaged in before he pled guilty to the solicitation of minor children. So these people who continue to hang out with him likely 
were also involved in the sex trafficking and the abuse of young girls. If someone is friends with a pedophile, then that indicates that mm, we we might need to question whether or not they are a pedophile, too. I think that's only natural. And somebody like Bill Clinton, knowing the type of uh, relationships he had with other people in the world, he didn't need Jeffrey Epstein. He didn't need access to Jeffrey Epstein's private plane. He could have gone to any Caribbean island in the world. But he chose to go to Pedophile Island. Pedophile Island. Well, that indicates to me that Bill Clinton may have a thing or two to hide. Now, there's also the possibility that Jeffrey Epstein forced these people to stay in his orbit because we know he was the king of blackmail. Not only did he service other pedophiles, other rich powerful elites that were interested in the victimization of young girls, but he also blackmailed them once he provided the service to them. Thank you, darling. Appreciate you. I'd like to play a video for you. I said earlier on in the video that when Jeffrey Epstein was pleading guilty to the solicitation of minors, he was essentially given a free pass. All right. He spent 13 months in a Palm Beach County jail, which was set up to, for him privately. He could come and go as he pleased. He would leave in the morning at like 6 a.m. He would come back at midnight every night. He would sleep there. That was all he would do. And the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, they let him. And while he was out working in his office, he continued to meet with these powerful people. He continued to have young girls coming and going around him. He was essentially protected. Now, Alexander Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida, said that he would have gone after Jeffrey Epstein for higher charges, for something that would have put him away for a lot longer. But he was told to back off. Why? Because Epstein belonged to intelligence. That means that the intelligence community, whether it's the Central Intelligence Agency or the Mossad or any other intelligence agency for a powerful nation on planet Earth, they were working with Jeffrey Epstein. Pedophilia is the number one recruiting tool for these agents. If they want an asset, all they got to do is identify who the pedophile is, and then they can go ahead and provide them a child with no documentation. And there you go. That person belongs to them. Take a look at this video, because James Comer appeared on, I believe this was on Maria Bartiromo. I want to thank Patriots and Control for clipping this out. And James Comer speculated that maybe Jeffrey Epstein actually was working with intelligence. The same thing with these Epstein files. Who all knows from within the government uh, who's on this list? And and were they in, in some way, shape or form compromised? by government agencies or or Epstein or, or whomever. Was Epstein mm. a double agent for another country? There are lots of questions mm. pertaining to national point. security. These yeah, names I, are politicians. Didn't even think of that. You know, Epstein could have been, uh, you know, the, the, the foreign agent uh, for another for, for a country and may have been himself getting these these high profile people in trouble and using that to, to blackmail. Anyways, the- Anons knew this. Anons knew this years ago. So it's great to see James Comer talking about it on national television. I'm sorry, he was with Eric Bowling. It's great to see him talking about it on national television. But my friends, this was on our radar years ago. 
years ago. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein was a double agent. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein was working for the United States government and he was working for the Mossad and he was working for the Saudis. And I'm sure he was working for any Western nation that was happy to engage in the practice of fishing with pedophiles. Let me real quick say thank you to Napkinator79, who says no pleading ignorance for a continued friendship after being once accused of this. No, there is no, no world in which you can plead ignorance for a crime such as this. Jeffrey Epstein was convicted for horrific sex crimes against girls. He got a slap on the wrist, and there was no possible excuse for any of these people to continue to associate themselves with them. He wasn't a money manager, even though that's what they called him. They said he was a billionaire. I don't even think he was a billionaire. Well, we'll never know. Because the money that Jeffrey Epstein had disappeared into the wind, probably reabsorbed by the Central Intelligence Agency and many of these other intelligence agencies that are operating around the world and were using his services to blackmail world leaders. People like former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak cannot wait to see who else is on this list now. This order, which was released today by Judge Loretta Preska, uh, referenced as document number 1319, is in regards to the fact that, yes, these documents are going to begin to be released today. If I had to if I had to believe uh, how they were going to do it, they probably waited until 5 p.m. And then they and then they just gone ahead and published it right out there. Uh, T.Z. Burton says things are getting so bad for the Democrats that Washington state Democrats are predicting that the GOP might win the governor and AG seats this year. Brandy Cruz reporting in Seattle. I am very, very happy to see that there. So we have two Jane Doe's that are now being listed as potentially keeping their names off. Jane Doe 107, who I said earlier lives in this foreign country, a culturally conservative country. My guess, again, an Islamic nation. And then Jane Doe 110. 107 has been granted the reprieve until January 22nd uh, so that she can prove her danger. Jane Doe 110 is currently under review by the court. Now, apart from the documents concerning Jane Doe 107 and 110 specifically, the order states, 1319, that the other unsealed records, as outlined in that original December 18th order, will begin to be filed by the individual parties later today. We have the actual document right here. On December 18th, 2023, the court entered an order summarizing its findings following a particularized review of the documents noted therein and immediately staying its order for 14 days to allow any impacted Doe an opportunity to appeal. The court received inquiries from two Doe's seeking to remain under seal. The first of these two Doe's is Doe 107, whom the court granted an extension of time until January 22nd, 2024, to submit as the support for her assertion that unsealing these documents would cause her physical harm. The second inquiry was submitted by Doe 110 and is currently under review by the court. With the exception of the documents relating to these Doe's, the parties have informed the court that they will begin filing the unsealed records outlined in this court's December 18th order today. Wednesday, January 3rd, 2023. The court will render its determination on the documents related to 107 and 110 in due course. It is so ordered. Judge Loretta Preska presiding. So we are waiting for these 150 or so names. It's closer to 170. I believe it's over 170. Maybe with these two does, it'll be exactly at 170. 
But keep in mind, if you see a list, it's going to be compiled from the documents. And I expect the documents are going to be several thousand pages. So it may take a day or so or a couple of days for anybody to put it together in any sort of comprehensive form. But you can bet that media outlets are going to be looking to do that almost immediately. What should be interesting is to see which names the actual various media outlets choose to focus on. We're talking like USA Today and maybe... I don't know, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the New York Times and the Washington Post, they're, they're going to have to write about this, won't they? I mean, they, they, they've already been writing about it, but they're going to have to cover who's actually in there. So it should be interesting to see exactly how they cover it. Someplace like Breitbart, Gateway Pundit, Daily Caller, any, any of your, your favorite uh, independent podcasters and media uh, personalities, uh, in, citizen journalists, they'll be talking about all of these names. we got to talk about all of them. Um, but uh, but the ones that are going to be specifically honed in on by the mainstream media, that's going to be most interesting to me. Is Jimmy Kimmel one of those names? I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. I, I, you guys know I'm not a, a sports ball fan. I don't watch football. And I, I couldn't have told you who Aaron Rodgers was a couple of months ago. But I guess he plays for the Jets and he's been in the media on the news quite a bit recently because of the things that he talks about. He tends to uh, kind of hint at the sorts of things that we talk about here in the alternative media. Media. Uh, and quite often it's in opposition to the mainstream narrative that those mainstream outlets want you to talk about. So Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel recently got into it because uh, Aaron Rodgers had shown up on the Pat McAfee show. This is uh, a sports related podcast. I guess it's on ESPN. Uh, and he was talking about uh, his, uh, his his excitement about the release of these names uh, and seeing who we can connect to Jeffrey Epstein and exactly which direction these connections are going. Uh, and he said there's a lot of powerful people who are not excited to see these names. And he mentioned that, you know, there's a couple of big ones like Bill Clinton, Bill Gates. He even said Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I'm not worried about because, again, Donald Trump gave his full support to the prosecution of one Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody else did that. And all of these other people continue to hang out with him even after he was a convicted sex offender. No. He also mentioned that Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want this coming out. He said that uh, I will definitely be popping some sort of a bottle when it does. So why is he thinking that Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want it to come out? Well, on a previous appearance, Aaron Rodgers had mentioned that this ruling had been made by Loretta Preska and that he was excited for this stuff to come out. Jimmy Kimmel made a joke about it on his show, acting like there was something wrong with Aaron Rodgers because he was interested in learning what other pedophiles in the in the uh, American elite and the global elite were hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. I can't think of a reason why somebody would denigrate a person who wants information which is going to help people. You know, I think it's ridiculous, the stuff that Jimmy Kimmel is interested in. He is a libtard. He is a moron. He has hot takes on everything. And and even Jimmy Kimmel's old career, you know, when he did The Man Show, he kind of gets a little heat for that. But I don't think it's a big deal. I could care less what Jimmy Kimmel did in his younger days. I care about what he does right now. And he he doesn't have that much sway with the American public, but he's a voice that is elevated by the mainstream. So 
along with all of those powerful people who don't want that information coming out, Jimmy Kimmel made a joke acting like Aaron Rodgers was a moron for being excited about it. So Aaron Rodgers said, looks like Jimmy Kimmel is one of those people who is not excited about seeing these details come out. Now, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was not happy about it. You know what? Let's uh, let me go ahead and play you the clip uh, because there may be some Aaron Rodgers fans out there. Here we go. He's the quarterback for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Bring it up, bring it up, Foxy or somebody back. Seats there. on it. We have Super Bowl Fifty Eight. You'll see it. The emblem. Put it on the screen, and then bring up Fifty Seven and Fifty Six. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. <laughs> feels like, <laughs> feels like. <laughs> that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been There's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this <laughs> thing. There's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Ah, happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list, and then Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron's not forgotten about that, but here we are, sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping Popping some sort of bottle. Hey, we've been calling for it for a few years now. Anyone else notice this? Oh, my God. So I don't know what this uh, this other stuff is, but it is odd that Jimmy Kimmel wouldn't want that information coming out. I can tell you this. Jimmy Kimmel happens to be close personal friends with Jeffrey Epstein's former private chef. That could be something. It may be nothing. As far as I know, that chef has not been accused of anything. But it's difficult to believe that he couldn't be cooking for Jeffrey Epstein and basically living in his home and not having some idea about what he's doing. So Jimmy Kimmel retweeted that clip right there. And he said, dear asshole. And he spelled asshole incorrectly. A-A-S-S-H-O-L-E. Two A's. Doesn't make any sense. He says, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. He continues... Uh, your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we will debate the, ba- the facts further in court. Now, I'm not claiming Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. I'm just claiming that there's something weird there about Jimmy Kimmel's response. Aaron Rodgers didn't call Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile. He just said that Jimmy Kimmel is seems to be not excited for that list to come out. And I think that anyone who saw Jimmy Kimmel's original bit making fun of Aaron Rodgers Rogers for being excited about that list would garner the same opinion. So I think that perhaps Jimmy Kimmel could have addressed this in a different way, but he got real defensive real quick and the internet looked and they picked up on it. Ha ha, Jimmy knows he's cooked. I think he just violated your HIPAA rights because you went in blackface as Carl Malone. You seem rattled, Jimmy. Uh, here, you seem more nervous than funny in this clip. This is the actual clip where Jimmy Kimmel made fun of Aaron Rodgers. Let's take a listen. Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released, too? What's that? What are you talking about? 
there's some files that have have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh, oh. <laughs> Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. <laughs> so Jimmy Kimmel set himself up to be put in the spotlight, <clears throat> trying to make fun of Aaron Rodgers, suggesting that he has a concussion because he's speaking factually about the list, the Epstein associates that are going to be revealed. Yeah, Jimmy, there's an old saying, uh, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. If you've got something to say, go ahead and just say it or shut your mouth and sit back and enjoy the show, because that's exactly what I'm doing. Now, interestingly enough, Ghislaine Maxwell, as I stated earlier, the only person who's been convicted related to Jeffrey Epstein's crimes other than himself, she's actually broken her silence. Up until this point, she has been loath to say anything. Earlier, when I appeared on Making Sense of the Madness with Jason Burmis, I suggested that Ghislaine Maxwell just wants to stay alive. She wants a chance at a parole hearing at some time in the future. Uh, But she has now spoken out. She originally spoke through an attorney uh, and by giving an interview. And uh, she is, of course, serving that 20 year sentence. So it's not easy to get her on the phone or to get her in person. But her remarks are obviously uh, coming on the heels of this information being released. Obviously, Keelan Maxwell is going to know more than anybody else who's on that list because she was convicted for helping Jeffrey Epstein to traffic and lure girls into a really precarious situation. So let's go ahead and see. What did she say? Uh, Arthur Adala, Maxwell's legal representative, conveyed her sentiments on News Nation's Cuomo, crying about the gender dynamics involved in this scandal. Maxwell herself refrained from commenting directly on the impending unmasking of associates, but instead chose to blame what she perceives as a gender-based disparity in accountability. Are you shitting me? You've got to be kidding. Arthur Adela, her lawyer, said she's got... I don't think she has anything to talk about, except maybe that if you look at this crime, this overall crime, it's all about men abusing women for a long period of time. A lot of men. That's what we're waiting for. This list. And there's only one person in jail, a woman. It's not the one guy behind bars for any of these crimes. Well, Jeffrey Epstein went behind bars, but he was arkansided inside a maximum security facility where all of the guards turned off the cameras and just happened to smoke a joint and take a nap at the best time possible. So nobody saw nothing. Didn't do nothing. Nobody saw nothing. Anyways, for Ghislaine Maxwell to suggest that there is some sort of gender inequality happening here, it's patently ridiculous. Ghislaine Maxwell, although she was a woman, uh, was necessary to Jeffrey Epstein for the specific type of grooming and seduction of these young girls that he and she engaged in. Jeffrey Epstein may be a man, and there may have been many other men who abused girls in this situation, and I sincerely hope that every single one of them ends up in prison. Hell, send them to Florida because we execute pedophiles down here in Florida. You guys know that. I hope that they come to sunny Florida. I hope that many of them are part of Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach repertoire. I hope that we get them into a Florida courtroom and we can put them to death on the exact same day. Save a lot of money. We'll just link them up like a series of batteries. Take care of them all at once. 
But the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell is a woman has nothing to do with the reason why she's in prison. Jeffrey Epstein would be in prison if it wasn't for the fact that he was Arkansas. All of these other men who are involved in Epstein's crimes, they may not go to prison under Joseph Robinette Biden and Merrick Garland's Department of Justice, but their time is coming. There's an old saying some point in the future, these people are going to be afraid to walk down the street. Do you think that time might come when their names are revealed as having been the abusers of young girls, that they were seriously invested in Jeffrey Epstein's child trafficking ring? Do you think that maybe they might have a little bit of impetus to just stay inside and not go out ever again? I sincerely think so. Uh, let me say thank you to Fredo Awakening. Oh, he, he makes an excellent point. Those that scream the loudest. Remember, Jimmy did that bit with Hanks with the beautiful baby thing. I think it was actually a sexy baby that uh, they might have said beautiful baby, but they definitely said sexy uh, when they were talking about this child. Uh, Proud Navy Patriot. Yes, uh, we, there are uh, every day things happening on New California. I get emails from them because they have continuing uh, uh, meetings and they have their uh, various constitutional conventions. And I, I don't know how close they are to actually go into Washington, D.C. Uh, now that we have a Republican majority narrowly in the House, it, it may come after the first of the year, which is now. Tell you what, though, I will give Paul uh, a call and we'll see exactly where they are and we'll get them bas- back on there. Uh, yes, we will at least know. And, and I, I go back to something I said earlier in the show, guys. You've got to think bigger. There are so many people out there who are like, nothing will happen, so therefore it's not worth it. That's not true, okay? These people depend on their their status of anonymity. These people's lives are at stake at the end of the day. And when they are exposed as pedophiles or child traffickers, their friends in Hollywood and the world of industry, business, banking, politics, they will be forced to cast them aside, their lives, their careers, everything that they love will be over. They won't be able to be famous anymore. Nobody's going to look up to them. They're going to When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. be completely abandoned in the eyes of Americans and many Americans will look for any opportunity to cross them in a dark alley on a cold winter night. Everything is at stake for these people. And when they are exposed, it means that their time in terms of freedom is going to be limited. It's going to be like a ticking clock over their head. Can you imagine being a person that Jeffrey Epstein uh, had dirt on, somebody that Jeffrey Epstein had video and pictures of them abusing a child, and they know that that information is out there. Their lives are already probably pretty precarious. They're, they're already going through a living hell. But when their names are revealed to have been somebody that a, a victim of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, 
have named as somebody who abused them, uh, then everything is going to be up in the air for them. We may not get justice in terms of a courtroom during Joe Biden's tenure in the White House, but we will certainly get justice once Donald Trump returns Half of the federal government is cut off of the the uh, the the teat of liberty and they are sent off into the world to go find some other grift to engage in. So you have to think bigger just because something doesn't happen right now doesn't mean that we are served by the process of revealing this information. That's the first step to addressing any problem. As I've said numerous times, you can't solve a problem unless you can identify it. We can't indict and try pedophiles until we can specifically identify them. Jim Kyle says, Zach, thank you for not letting the story go away like everything else. Kudos. Yeah, this is an important one to me. I mean, even before I was doing podcasting, I knew who Jeffrey Epstein was. I mean, he was on my radar. This this entire subject is something that uh, has been very close to my heart for a long time. And I, I, you guys may or may not remember this, but Donald Trump specifically addressing the the horrors of human child trafficking. That's the reason that I was able to red pill her on him. Mom, I don't know if you're out there, but I'm sure you remember. She used to think Donald Trump was a horrible person because she had not broken out of the spell of the mainstream media. And I showed her the executive orders that Donald Trump, uh, almost as soon as coming into the White House, specifically addressing child trafficking. Nobody else did that. No president before President Trump had specifically addressed child trafficking in that way. And many of the other people who came before Donald Trump likely were involved in that sort of thing. Perhaps they had even been former associates of Jeffrey Epstein. We know Bill Clinton was. Nobody else did that. Donald Trump is the person he claims to be. Okay, Donald Trump is exactly what we need. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. He's a man of faith. He's a man of honor. He's a man of intelligence. He knows what needs to be done. And as difficult as it was for him to walk away at the end of his administration, that has really propelled us closer to uh, the point where we can actually fix this country than anything else that's come before. Because now when he comes back, he knows exactly what has to be done. I think that he always knew what was going to have to be done. He knew that this would be a difficult time, but he didn't abandon us. He didn't leave us. All right. He's been here the entire time. He has been a shadow president the entire time that Joe Biden's been living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Joe Biden's crimes have now been exposed to us as a result of all of this. Joe Biden's family's crimes have been exposed to us as a result of everything we've gone through. The failing legacy Democrats and their platform have been exposed. The rhinos have been exposed. All of these various titans of industry, they've been exposed. The American people are more awake today than they were at any time during President Trump's first term in office. And when he returns, my God, it's going to be like opening uh, a fire hydrant. All right. So uh, Aiden uh, Adala was asked uh, by uh, uh, the correspondent. 
Uh, hold on. First of all, she is absolutely and every and unequivocally denying all of that. Wait a second. Oh, no, no, no. She was asked about bringing young girls to Epstein. Even though she was convicted, she still claims that she never brought any young girls. Uh, she's absolutely and unequivocally denying all of that. She always has. What's interesting is that the woman involved in this lawsuit, who was just mentioned by Professor Dershowitz in reference to Virginia DeFray, didn't testify at the trial. She didn't testify in the criminal trial against Maxwell. So, no, Miss Maxwell has nothing to say to anyone. She's had ample opportunity. She's been in prison for quite some time now. It's not a pleasant place to be. She's had plenty of time to come out and speak, but she has nothing to say. Well, you know, she doesn't want any superseding indictments to come down. Now, Sarah Kellen, this is uh, Jeffrey Epstein's former assistant. She is also waiting to see exactly what comes of these documents. She holds her mountain of insider secrets as her get-out-of-jail-free card. Sarah Kellen uh, is someone who the feds and, of course, the court have wanted to speak with for quite some time. The American people would like to hear from Sarah Kellen. How do you be Jeffrey Epstein's personal assistant and not know exactly what he's up to? Well, I'll tell you what. She was witness to all of that blackmail information coming through Jeffrey Epstein's servers, all of his cameras that were wired up all around those houses. Those houses, the apartment in uh, Manhattan, they were wired from floor to ceiling with cameras so that no matter where you were, if you were an associate of Jeffrey Epstein and you were coming to get a massage and have sex with a young girl, he was going to know every single angle of every move you made. So all of the various crimes, Sarah Kellen is probably the one who has the most information about who, where, what, and when. She, being Epstein's former assistant, is said to be quietly waiting for the court documents to be released because it's going to expose hundreds of people who had deep ties to Jeffrey Epstein, but most importantly, his pedophilic sex trafficking ring. Now, she allegedly scheduled the massages for Epstein and his victims, and she may or may not be mentioned in this list. I would think uh, it would be kind of an, an anomaly if she wasn't mentioned in this list, considering her proximity to Jeffrey Epstein and the specific fact that she would have not only have scheduled the massages, she likely, likely would have had contact with each and every one of these victims, uh, as well as the heads of state that were coming through Jeffrey's properties. But reports are now arising that as a result of this information about to come out, she's ready. She's ready to unseal her mountain of insider secrets. And, of course, she's not stupid. She would use that to buy her way out of any trouble with the courts. Now, the New York Post is reporting. Kellen has reportedly held her cards close to her chest over the last few years in anticipation of such an unveiling that could identify her as an integral partner to this perverted operation. She had a front row seat to Epstein's debauchery. What she knows would shock the world. This coming from a source close to Kellen and her husband, NASCAR driver Brian Vickers. He told the Daily Messenger that she has much to say to plead her case. Who knows what she witnessed? Who knows what she was subjected to? We do know that starting in the mid-2000s, Kellen worked for Jeffrey Epstein for several years. She's been called a knowing participant in the trafficking of underage girls, of children. Kellen and her former NASCAR driver husband, Brian Vickers, have enjoyed basic anonymity and privacy and freedom for many years. The source said that Kellen, who previously claimed she was regularly 
regularly sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein, could write a tell-all book detailing what she knows about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, but she has remained quiet in order to keep all the information as a get-out-of-jail-free card. I would have to imagine, considering her proximity to the situation, her knowledge of those coming and going, and of course, her knowledge of what they were specifically doing with these children. She's probably held on to the information in the interest of also holding on to her life. Now, once these names are revealed and perhaps uh, revealed alongside accounts from these victims about these specific sexual uh, violations that were done to them, Sarah Kellen can safely come forward and discuss this in whatever capacity she likes. Jim Kyle says, what about the raid on Petto Island and the ranch? What did the FBI do with all that information? Yeah, Jim, that's actually what uh, I asked early on in the show. Uh, Everybody's excited about this information coming out of the uh, Maxwell Jeffrey trial. But the real meat is inside all those DVDs and the pictures that were taken from Jeffrey Epstein's surveillance systems, the very blackmail tapes that were present inside Jeffrey Epstein's brownstone. I'm sure if you've been with me since this arrest, I'm sure that you will remember that the FBI, when they went into Jeffrey Epstein's safe, there was a binder of DVDs like this. Those DVDs coming from those aforementioned cameras and the surveillance system everywhere, whether it was Zorro Ranch in New Mexico, whether it was the Brownstone in Manhattan, whether it was the Palm Beach Estate or most importantly, Pedophile Island. Every single one of those places had a wealth of blackmail material and the FBI sitting on that information All this time, not going after any of Jeffrey Epstein's associates or the rich and powerful people that were associating with him and abusing these children. That, my friends, is the number one reason that I call for the complete abolishment of the FBI. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is not interested in investigating crimes of any sort. They're investing, they're only invested in going after the political enemies of the current regime. So whoever it is that Joe Biden and his deep state stooges say need to be arrested and taken out, well, that's who the FBI goes after. The Epstein blackmail data. That right there could result in probably a hundred years of prosecutions against the most disgusting and heinous people on the face of planet Earth. But Christopher Ray, for whatever reason, he has absolutely done nothing about it. And there are many others at the FBI that likely could have helped to get that information out, but they've chosen not to. That tells me that the people entrusted with that information cannot be trusted. They are not true purveyors of justice. They're not interested in solving crimes. They're not interested in putting away the guilty. They're interested in continuing to make sure that the checks roll in and that whoever's in charge of the current regime gets exactly what they want. Kellen has never been charged with a crime. But she was named in documents that were filed in that case between Virginia Jeffrey Roberts against Ghislaine Maxwell. So as these court documents begin to be unsealed today, we've obviously speculated that Sarah Kellen could again be linked to the sex trafficking ring that was being run by Jeffrey Epstein. So keep your eyes open and your ears wide because this is going to be something else. Uh, Ray is on the list. Yeah, very well could be. Mike might be likely 
Yes, they should be counted as accessories to the crimes of Jeffrey Epstein. I would absolutely support that. Real quick, before we continue on, let me actually pull up the thank yous from my friends over here at Pilled.net. Big Bird 38 says, uh, thank you, Zach, and Happy New Year to all. Happy New Year to you as well, buddy. Uh, Jay, thank you for the can. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Netfolks1, thank you for the can. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie and the can. Mighty Patriot, good to see you. Thank you for the shades. Thank you for two cookies, Sean. True Grit says, Red Pill 78, Q Drop 133, talking about the Epstein and the Temple, asks about significance of the colors, blue and white. Uh, and I believe at the time that that came out, I specifically went to look into that. Um, and we found connections not only with the colors, but also the temple itself. Uh, I'm not mistaken, going back to a, a like a pre-Babylonian religion, um, I would have to go back and, and, and look at it again. Uh, but if you've got any insight that, that you have on hand and you want to drop it in the chat, I'll be happy to uh, talk about it. Uh, Esther G13 says, exactly, karma. Nakaz808, what's up, buddy? I hope you got my message. Uh, dropped uh, uh, an aloha and a, a, a what, what is this? mean this is like uh, surfs up or something allison n thank you for the can and j2 dank thank you for the can as well all right so uh to do uh so uh alaska 49 says trump wanted a new building during his term and just threw his support again for a new state-of-the-art fbi building well if president trump is supporting a new state-of-the-art fbi building um does that mean that it's going to be uh, populated by the same FBI that we have today? Uh, if President Trump is saying, yeah, let's go ahead and do a new FBI building. I remember back during his administration, he wanted to move the FBI out into the heartland. He wanted to move them outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, I would support moving the FBI outside of Washington, D.C. and putting them into a much smaller unit. Uh, in fact, as I said, I would support completely disbanding the FBI altogether. Let's just empower the state bureaus of investigation to investigate what's happening in their states. And when something crosses state lines, then those various federal, excuse me, those various state agencies can go ahead and work together. Uh, I want everybody to remember that anytime President Trump says anything, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should take it at face value. Uh, I think that President Trump oftentimes has public statements, which are peppered with layers of meaning. So uh, definitely consider that. President Trump is not interested in rewarding the FBI. I mean, the crooked FBI is who's going after President Trump right now on behalf of the current regime. So if President Trump is saying, hey, sounds good, get the FBI a brand new building, well, then there is much more going on besides just that. Uh, so we have some news on the Georgia lawsuit, which was being uh, a run against Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote by Stacey Abrams people and Mark Elias, the once former attack dog for the DNC. Uh, there's also a far left organization called Fair Fight that was uh, working with those two uh, people that I mentioned there earlier, uh, Stacey Abrams and Mark Elias. But Catherine announced... Uh, 
uh, early yesterday that True the Vote won their case. True the Vote, True the Vote declares a decisive triumph in their legal battle against Stacey Abrams' fair fight, legal teams led by Mark Elias and the Biden Department of Justice. A federal court in the Northern District of Georgia today affirmed that citizens have the right to lawfully petition their government in support of election integrity without fear of prosecution or persecution. In a resounding vindication, True the Vote successfully defended its actions in December 2020, aiding Georgia citizens in filing elector challenges based on data showing over 364,000 voters appeared to be ineligible to vote due to the change in residency. This victory is a testament to every American's constitutional right to free speech and the importance of actively participating in the electoral process. So this is really good news for the common person, average everyday Americans who are interested in trying to do what they can to ensure a fair and free election. Uh, as this lawsuit was going on with the Biden administration trying to go against Catherine and True the Vote, uh, it was quite clear that they wanted to make this uh, completely hands off. They didn't want you, the American people, taking a look at your elections in any close sort of way. Now, almost three years of litigation and a two week federal trial with plaintiff calling 12 witnesses, Judge Stephen Jones awarded a complete defense verdict for all defendants. This decision is monumental. Not only vindicates true the vote in totality and establishes that eligibility challenges under Section 230 are a proper method to ensure voter rolls are accurate. This is an answer to the prayers of faithful patriots across America, and it opens the door for these sorts of investigations into elections And that will be very, very significant when we get to November of this year. So congratulations to Catherine and True the Vote. Now, Joe Biden is going to be speaking on Saturday. It's the anniversary of January 6th, and I will be hosting a January 6th activism panel here on the channel. So if you're interested, tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to have a whole bunch of people who have been fighting for the truth about what really happened on January 6th here on this channel. We are going to be taking your calls in the second half of the show. Joe Biden, however, is not interested in learning the truth about January 6th. He's interested in continuing to propagate the narrative about white supremacist terrorism, MAGA terrorists. That couldn't be farther from the truth. The true terrorists are the radicals on the left and, of course, the elected officials in Washington, D.C., who continue to decimate our country every single day by allowing unrestricted illegal alien migration to come into these left-wing cities all across the country, even the right-wing cities. Anytime an illegal sets foot into the United States of America and is not immediately forced out, it is a violation of everyone's sovereignty. Didn't Trump do a deposition at the SDNY on why he was banned from Mar-a-Lago? I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I know that he spoke to Virginia Jaffray's lawyers and provided them testimony uh, about the whole situation. Uh, I'm not certain about a deposition specifically to the Southern District of New York. Um Because as far as I know, Epstein was never charged in New York, so I don't think there would be a reason for him to do it there. 
let me see. Okay, Andrew says, uh, remember the big renovations at the White House when Trump got in? I do, and I was thinking about that in the idea of building a new FBI building. Perhaps they're going to be stripping uh, any sorts of uh, uh, electronic uh, spying devices out of there. Maybe they're going to be putting their own spy devices in, adding surveillance to catch them all. Exactly. If they're going to start from the ground up, then why wouldn't you want to put something into that building to hold those guys accountable? Maybe that's why he wants a brand new FBI building. That makes a lot of sense to me, Andrew. Thank you. And then darting around, says Zach, the FBI is now in Huntsville. Skeleton crew at J. Edgar. One of my three, one, three of my former co-workers are there. Well, that's interesting. Um, I knew about J. Edgar, but I did not know specifically about Huntsville. Now, I know that the new building is supposedly going to be somewhere in the D.C. area. Uh, but yeah, okay. Thank you for that darting around. Appreciate it. Kitsko, if the Epstein list is disappointing, it will then be time for the announce to start flooding out the picks we've seen and have. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be disappointing. I think that people will inevitably always be let down because they've already built it up to be something other than what it is. And that's why I've been trying to set expectations for it. These are going to be names that are from accounts of victims. Uh, it will be presented in the form of evidence about who was there at a given time. It's not going to be a list that says, you know, uh, these 150 people, we can tell you with conclusive certainty are pedophiles because it's been proven in a court of law because it hasn't. But it certainly is going to be names of people that we have not previously connected to Epstein in any meaningful way. And I urge everyone to to uh, to take the information uh, and and really chew on it before making a determination about whether or not you're disappointed. I know, Kitsko, people are going to be disappointed because it's not going to be what they think it's going to be in their mind. But thank you for that, hon. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, Artemis Prime says, Zach, you should get LT from him. We know on your channel sometime you both would have a major impact to all patriots. I, I, I've uh, had LT on the show a couple of times, uh, but when I got kicked off of YouTube, we lost contact. And I know that a couple of months ago, he mentioned me in one of his videos and I reached out to him on, uh, on, on Skype. If anybody here is watching, Skype is the only connection to LT that I have and he hasn't checked it in some time. So maybe you guys can comment on LT's video. Uh, and let him know. I would love to have him back on the channel. He's a good dude. Uh, let me see. <laughs> NM852, I bet you Trump is a Linux guy. I kind of like that. Uh, wonder why Congress is so weak. They are all blackmailed. Fang Fang made the rounds. You're absolutely right. That's the thing. They are definitely blackmailed. That's why they don't do anything, which is also why I'm kind of excited that we have so many people who are leaving because it gives us an opportunity to get some fresh blood in there. Anyways, on Saturday, Joe Biden is going to be giving a speech for the third anniversary of January 6th. He's not going to be talking about bringing Americans together. You know, he's going to be giving a speech talking about the dangerous white supremists that exist here in America. He's going to be speaking at uh, the uh, uh, the backdrop of Valley Forge. Obviously, a very important battle took place there. But Reuters is saying President Joe Biden will observe the third anniversary of the January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol with a 
political speech near the historic Revolutionary War site in Valley Forge, where he will make the case that Donald Trump poses an existential threat to democracy, the re-election campaign said on Wednesday. The stop near the Pennsylvania War Encampment, where George Washington established headquarters during the Revolutionary War, will be followed by a campaign visit on Monday to Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, where a white supremacist in 2015 killed nine parishioners at the historic black church. Biden will focus on what the campaign described as the rising threats of political violence. Psyopery. It's actually bullshit. The world is not the way that these people portray it. Uh, Joe Biden is honestly the greatest threat to the strength, safety and stability of our country. Uh, and also the illegals that he has allowed to just come in without any sort of checks or balances. You guys remember the, the dude I said was uh, apprehended outside of the Capitol building. He had a machete. He had a brick. He had a butcher knife. Uh, well, it turns out he's an illegal alien. He's also an illegal alien who had previously been arrested near the border in 2022, and the Biden administration put him back out on the street. Who was this guy? Well, he was somebody who was known to ICE. He was a 23-year-old illegal from Venezuela. Border Patrol agents arrested him near El Paso back in 2022, and they just let him go because that's what the Biden administration does. You want to talk about the threats to safety and security? It's not rising political violence. It's not MAGA extremism. It's the Democrats. It's the Republican rhinos. It is the deep state New World Order establishment that seeks to undermine and destroy the foundations of the United States of America. We, the people of this nation, who give our consent to the governed, which is the government, they are being governed by us, or they need to be governed by us. These checks and balances exist simply so that we can have a free and fair society. They're the ones who have subverted it. They're the ones who have taken the civil liberties and rights away from us and replaced them with hollow shells, clones of what we once had. People like This man, Ray Epps, Ray Epps, likely who was working for the feds on January 6th. He doesn't represent MAGA. He doesn't represent we the people. No, he represents the federal bureaucracy that seeks to upend and destroy the nation that we are trying to save. Now, a lot of people have been wondering for a long time, why wasn't Ray Epps being prosecuted in the way that all of these other people on January 6th were being prosecuted, especially when he was at the front lines? He was instrumental in getting people to go to the Capitol. Everybody just assumed that he must have been a deep state stooge. He must have been one of those people on the payroll of the FBI, a confidential human source, or perhaps he was an agent of some intelligence agency. I don't know. But it looks like the DOJ is finally taking their sweet time to get to him. They are suggesting he gets six months in prison for his operation on January 6th. And they're saying he should only get six months in prison because he cooperated with the FBI and Congress. They tried to present him as some sort of sympathetic figure. They are recommending six months in prison for Ray Epps frontline surveillance and and uh, and and presence at what happened on January 6th. He cut a plea deal because he cooperated with the FBI. Uh, if you'll go back, wind the clock back to January 11th, 2022, Adam Kinzinger, crying Adam Kinzinger defended 
Ray Epps, because he was likely an FBI cutout. He claimed that Epps was the one person caught on video directing Trump supporters to break into the Capitol, but he did nothing wrong. How can they say that he did nothing wrong when they have grandmothers who were forced into the Capitol building by the throngs of people after the doors were opened up by people on the inside? How can they claim that those grandmothers did nothing wrong, but, or excuse me, did something wrong, but Ray Epps actually didn't? And in his testimony to the, the sham clown show January 6th committee, he insisted, I did not break the law. I don't break the law. It's not in my DNA. But that's a lie. It's obviously not the truth because Ray Epps We have evidence that he directed people. He claimed that they were planning to go into the Capitol. Ray Epps may have been the only person among that crowd of people who had any idea about what was going to happen. I'm sure you remember in a a video that was released where Ray Epps is shown to be standing here on the Capitol. Ray Epps is shown to be uh, orchestrating people. Look, here he is on camera directing people to break through the line of police. Here he is carrying a flag, a giant Trump flag. Uh, now, Ray Epps is not an American hero. Ray Epps is likely a, an FBI agent, a confidential human source working uh, to uh, set off all of this terrible stuff. He pushed through barriers. He told protesters to go up to the Capitol. Here he is uh, with standing in front of those police officers, directing the crowd. He's pointing. He's telling people what to do and where to go. Now, are all those people innocent uh, uh, protesters who just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time? Or is he talking to other FBI cutouts, other confidential human sources and intelligence assets, telling them exactly what they should be doing? Let's go ahead and take a look at the video of what Ray Epps was engaged in on January 6th. But before we get there, I want you to take notice of everyone here in this crowd, okay? Every single person that you can see is standing at what they believe is a protest, okay? Uh, a constitutionally protected First Amendment activity. Nobody that you see here, besides Ray Epps, was planning on entering the House of Representatives. Nobody here was planning on taking over the government. Nobody here was armed. Nobody here was engaged in the sort of activities that the authorities claim they were engaged in. The only people who were were those who were on the payroll of the federal government who were seeking to set off, to, to, to light a powder keg on an already precarious situation. Ray. Where you at, Ray? Where you at, Ray? So Ray Epps is likely to get six months in jail. It should be interesting to see if the Department of Justice, uh, or the judge rather, even gives him six months. Watch them give him time served. Mr. Epps, 
You've been through so much. We know that the Donald Trump America First MAGA's uh, made your life a living hell. So you know what, sir? We're just going to let you go with the slap on the wrist. Thank you for your service to Uncle Sam and the United States intelligence community. Now, this is interesting. I didn't even know this was still going on. Did you know that there was a court case which sought to find President Trump guilty in the death of Officer Brian Sicknick, the very first victim of the crowd on January 6th. I say that with all due sarcasm, because although the mainstream media tried to tell us that Brian Sicknick died as a result of injuries sustained by protesters on January 6th, the truth was he died of a stroke in the comfort of his home on January 7th, the day after January 6th. Jim Kyle says truth serum sodium pentothal for every politician and let's see who's deep state. I'll do you one better. Let's give him a cocktail of sodium pentothal and maybe some uh, heavy duty psychedelics. We'll pull an MK Ultra programming session on him. We'll hook him into one of those uh, clockwork orange eyelid machines and we'll see exactly what they're made of. So this lawsuit was dismissed. It was a wrongful death claim that was filed against President Trump, uh, and it sought to suggest that Donald Trump was to blame for Brian Sicknick's death 24 hours after the events of January 6th. The mainstream media, the New York Times, they led the charge lying to the American people, trying to make us believe that Officer Brian Sicknick's death was due to injuries he suffered while being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher on January 6th. Now, of course, we all knew that that wasn't true. As soon as we learned that Brian Sicknick died of a stroke, we reported it here. Many other outlets in the conservative and alternative journalism sphere did the exact same thing. Cassandra Fairbanks reported on it for the Gateway Pundit. She learned that a source had told them that the officer had a medical emergency, possibly a stroke, while he was on duty during the protest. It's not clear if it was connected to or related to the unrest. So then he died. We don't know if the event that took place on January 6th had anything to do with his death, but I'll tell you what, people who got the COVID-19 vaccines, they tend to have an elevated risk of stroke and heart attack. Brian Sicknick's own brother actually confirmed that he was fine. He went home that day. He had no injuries. He went home. He had a beer and he died probably uh, on his couch in front of the television. Now, Back in April of 2021, the district chief medical examiner who ruled on the Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick's death said that he suffered two strokes and he died of natural causes. This was not a uh, an elderly man. I mean, I think Brian Sicknick was my age. So the fact that he had two strokes, probably after he was forced to take the COVID-19 vaccine, I don't know that he did, but it's likely that he did, considering he was working in Washington, D.C. It seems likely that these two strokes causing his death could have been caused by a COVID-19 vaccine inoculation. Uh, In an interview with the Washington Post, that medical examiner, Francisco Diaz, said the autopsy found no evidence he was younger than me, that 42-year-old officer suffered an allergic reaction to chemical irritants, which Diaz said would have caused Sicknick's throat to quickly seize. Diaz also said there was no evidence of internal or external injuries. And the medical examiner noted Sicknick was among the officers who engaged in the uh, the crowd control on January 6th and uh, that uh, he was fine the day of. 
Now, uh, two men were arrested in March 2021 for the alleged assault of Brian Sicknick. That was Julian Cater, 32 of Pennsylvania, and George Tanios, 39 of Morgantown. They were accused of assaulting Sicknick. The FBI put out uh, a hit for him, and they went and got him. They claimed that they sprayed the officers uh, with bear spray on January 6th. Now, they were both identified after authorities received information from tipsters responding to wanted images that were taken from surveillance video and body camera footage. George Tanios is currently a January 6th defendant whose life was upended by two misdemeanors and a vicious defamation campaign that was led by the FBI and the Mockingbird media, and it was all around the death of Brian Sicknick. They had nothing to do with it. Uh, now, Garza, who is uh, the, another person involved, Sandra Garza, she was the officer of Brian Sicknick, well, I guess the ex-officer. She was the ex-girlfriend of Officer Brian Sicknick. She's the one who brought this $30 million wrongful death lawsuit. And uh, she self-reported that they had been broken up for six months when Sicknick died. And she posthumously repositioned herself as his partner and occasionally, quite dishonestly, also claimed that she was his fiance. You know what this woman did? Uh, Miss Ellen Garza, Sandra Garza. Sandra Garza smelled blood in the water and she knew that it would lead to a trail of money if she could file this case and make it seem believable that these people caused the death of the guy who dumped her. Can you imagine being such a piece of shit that your ex who wants nothing to do with you passes away and you suddenly glom onto their memory? I've actually seen this happen before. I've seen people uh, end relationships and then the person uh, who really caused the breakup comes back after the death of that other person and tries to pretend, oh, you know, did you know we were actually talking about getting back together? Uh, to, to file a wrongful death suit like this, Miss Garza, it really shows a, a, a profound shallowness to your character. You're no longer in a relationship with this person. Their death had nothing to do with anything other than their own personal personal health. Maybe it had something to do with the COVID-19 vaccine, but we're never going to find that out. And you thought you could get a massive payday. I hope that she spent a lot of money on those attorneys, and I hope that it was worth it. Now, now she claims, now that she lost, she wants privacy. Uh, but in, in times past, she sought national media attention. Uh, and she also admitted that she and, uh, and Officer Sicknick did not share a home. They didn't even live together when they were together. Uh, but on January 6th, Sicknick asked if she would stop by his place to check on the dogs at the, uh, and, and, uh, she uh, was expecting to take care of their two dachshunds. They had no children. They were uh, allegedly sharing custody of these dogs. Uh, and, and uh, this ruling was actually uh, a split ruling. But at the end of the day, it was dismissed. There were no negligence uh, and uh, there was no negligence. Nobody was found to be at fault. Sandra Garza uh, is now uh, unfortunately on the hook for all the legal bills. However, the judge has allowed this lawsuit to move forward under D.C.'s Survival Act on other counts. Garza's contention that a domestic partnership was established simply by Officer Sicknick having identified Garza as his domestic partner in his will finds 
finds no basis in the plain text of the statute. Garza, therefore, cannot recover the damages she personally seeks under the act. In a statement by Mark Zaid, a Democrat attorney who you can frequently find spouting hot shit on Twitter, uh, said that he expressed satisfaction that a part of the lawsuit will proceed, indicating potential plans to depose the former president. We are now considering our next steps, which include deposing former President Trump. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, let me see. There was uh, Jim Kyle. What happened to the Capitol Police whistleblower? Are you talking about Tariq Johnson? Uh, Tariq Johnson is still out there giving interviews. I, I would have been meaning to get him on the show, but it just hasn't worked so far. I'm still going to have him on, so we'll talk to him. This is some really excellent news in regards to January 6th, guys, and we are going to do a little bit more overtime. I've got to go over some reports from the uh, election fraud report that President Trump released yesterday, so don't miss that. There have been a number of lawsuits that have now been filed against the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police, who, who in a Stasi, brutal, dictatorish type fashion, beat the living hell out of innocent and completely nonviolent people on January 6th. Derek Vargo is one such person, and he's suing the police officer who pushed him off the ledge of the Capitol building. I think that that's attempted murder, and I believe Derek believes the same thing. Four Trump supporters were killed on January 6th. Those are the only people who lost their lives, people who supported Donald Trump. Derek Vargo is very lucky he wasn't the fifth. In the lawsuit he filed yesterday evening, he's going to be suing Capitol Police Officer Bryant Williams because Vargo says they tried to murder him. Video shows that Vargo was viciously pushed off a 30-foot high ledge by U.S. Capitol Police. That Capitol Police officer's name was Bryant Williams. What about what about the old adage for law enforcement? enforcement officers protect and serve Bryant Williams. Why is it that they didn't pull him over the edge and arrest him? Why was it that they pushed him off a 30 foot ledge? I, I mean, I can tell you, I think they were hoping that he would just die and then they could go ahead and use that as part of their propaganda narrative. Officer Bryant Williams struck his stuck his hand out and intentionally shoved Vargo off the ledge, sending him plummeting 30 feet to the ground. This was an objectively unreasonable use of deadly force, as any reasonable person would have understood that there were many alternatives to deadly force in that situation. If if the uh, gentleman in question had been a person of color, Bryant Williams would have already been charged and would have been founding his way to a capital penitentiary. Vargo was clearly gripping onto the banister for dear life. It was obvious that at that moment he did not pose a threat. The officers could easily have let him descend or grab him and pull him over the banister to safety. Bryant Williams was not acting in self-defense or in the defense of anyone. His action was clearly malicious and an attempt to kill or seriously injure Vargo for no reason. After Vargo was shoved, one of the officers threw an American flag off the landing at the Trump supporters, spiking it viciously as if the flag were a football and he had just scored a touchdown. He then made hand gestures taunting the Trump supporters, inviting the Trump supporters to climb up and come fight the police, as if to say, come on up so we can do to the rest of you what we just did to him. This showed that the officers were acting maliciously and were not looking out for the safety of the people who came to visit the Capitol. This is a picture of Derek right here, Derek Vargo. 
disgusting behavior on behalf of the Capitol Police. But what do you expect from a uh, completely Democrat infested rat hole like the D.C. swamp? Now, you also may remember Victoria White. She was another such protester on January 6th. that was viciously brutalized, smashed in the face with a baton over and over and over again. The sickening sound of that wood bouncing off her skull over and over and over again. I got to admit, I mean, that keeps me up at night. I I saw that video once and I just could not watch it again. I turn my head anytime that it's playing anywhere. She is suing uh the uh the Capitol police and she's suing Republican speaker Mike Johnson to investigate January 6th she said the officer called me a bitch and then he hit me Victoria Charity White she was 100% peaceful she was not engaging in any sort of malicious or vicious activity with the Capitol police officers but she was beaten to a bloody pulp at the protest later she was arrested in an FBI raid on her home and she was sentenced to jail for interfering with law enforcement officers during a civil disorder like you know how dare your face interfere with the movement of my baton that's what the officers were likely thinking but now she's fighting back against the officer who brutalized her mercilessly smashing her with his fists and baton causing her to black out and she even suffered brain damage she's also suing republican speaker of the house mike johnson she wants him to investigate the brutal beating that she was doled out on january 6th and i think we are going to go ahead and watch this video if any of you have a weak stomach i would suggest that you turn away but this is uh i think it's important to see this is how people like us are treated this is how People who just want to save their country are treated. Again, I reply, I return to what I said earlier. If this woman, Victoria White, had been a person of color, this police officer would have already lost his job and he would have already been cast off to some far flung federal penitentiary here in the United States. But she was a white Trump supporter and so it was okay. This is my superior titanium money clip that I picked up a few years ago. It carries everything I need. My bills. There's no audio. But look, he just look, he's reaching over something else to hit her over and over and over again. That's her head. That's her face. She's stuck. She can't get out. What's she supposed to do? She doesn't want to be there. She's crying. She can't breathe. She's got blood streaming down her face. She's doing everything she can to cover her hair and her face, her head. And this brutal, sadistic piece of shit punches her over and over again. Yeah, I think he's he's deriving some sort of sick pleasure from it. None of this had to happen. It only happened because the Capitol Police wanted it to happen. Because, oh God. There's nine minutes of this, in case you guys haven't seen it. I hope that Victoria is victorious in her lawsuit. 
And I hope that President Trump is victorious in his appeal in the state of Maine. Uh, President Trump has appealed Shanna Bellows 2024 ballot ban to the state superior court as of yesterday. Uh, ABC News reporting that former President Donald Trump's legal team appealed Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows ruling that deemed him ineligible from appearing on the state's GOP primary ballot to Maine's, to Maine's superior court. Now, much like the Colorado ruling, Shanna Bellows, as soon as she announced that she believes President Trump committed insurrection, so he shouldn't be on the ballot, she also stayed her own decision. So this is all going to be decided by the Maine Superior Court. Now, hopefully, they're going to have a little bit more sense about them than the Colorado Supreme Court did. But even if they don't, President Trump already has one case before the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court determines in Colorado that they can't keep him off the ballot, they're not going to be able to keep him off the ballot in any other state. Even if they do, I don't think it's going to make a difference. Uh, President Trump is going to win not only the popular vote, but also the Electoral College come November. Doesn't matter how much fraud, doesn't matter how much ballot stuffing they engage in, President Trump is going to be victorious. I think RFK Jr. is going to take away any hope of Joe Biden from getting uh, double-digit numbers. Uh, They're going to have to use 100% dead people to be able to push him up in any respect. Now, I'd like to end today by speaking briefly about President Trump's report that we touched on at the beginning of yesterday's show. Every bit of fraud that happened in the 2020 election, all of the swing states, to be more specific, President Trump began uh, by presenting that PDF in a series of posts on Truth Social. We're going to talk here about what happened in Georgia. Georgia is a state that we have discussed ad nauseum over and over and over again. And the reason I've spoken about it so much is because it's one of the most obvious locations where you can identify some very specific fraud down to the number of ballots that were injected into the system. And this 32-page report includes separate sections for Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Arizona. All states, I should mention, where President Trump is leading every other candidate in every relevant poll and even the polls that are being put out by the left-wing Mockingbird media, which, of course, always oversamples for the left. So remaining anonymous could potentially thwart opportunities to use law enforcement to investigate this investigator and prevent Mockingbird Media from engaging in ad hominem attacks on individuals rather than information. This is because the report was published by an anonymous person. They're not interested in having themselves Epsteined or Arkansided. They're also not interested in the mainstream media destroying their life. Likely, these this report was written by somebody with a certain level of intelligence, perhaps uh, a, an actual access to this information. But if you'll remember from yesterday, it's often been repeated. There is no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. In actuality, there is no evidence that Joe Biden won. These are the highlights that were gleaned from the report on Georgia. Fulton County, Georgia, that's the most populous county in the state. They have no digital record of all in-person votes that were cast in their original results. Not a single ballot purportedly cast during early in-person voting was witnessed to 
and signed off by poll managers. Now, this is required by Georgia election rules. Seals were broken. Memory cards were removed from tabulators. All of these results, 315,000 votes. They were just printed off on different machines than the ones that had actually tabulated them. That calls into question all 315,000 votes. The ballot images of those votes, along with the rest of the in-person ballots that were cast on Election Day, were destroyed, completely memory-holed. Fulton County did not count the same ballots during the original count and the machine recount. There are 19,541 distinct ballots that appear in one machine count but do not appear in the other. Thousands of fraudulent presidential-only ballots were injected into the second machine count with huge margins favoring Joe Biden. Ballots that are blank except for the presidential contest were counted in batches together, with the pattern appearing in at least eight counties, including Fulton. That's because they were not legitimate ballots that were injected slowly throughout the process of people voting. They were just emergency ballots that were checked Biden only and then injected into the stacks of thousands of ballots just like them. 376,863 ballot images are missing missing from the first machine count. That includes all in-person votes in Fulton County. 235,000 absentee ballots were requested and accepted too early prior to the lawful date, 180 days before the 2020 election, which was May 6th, 2020. These votes should have never been counted in Fulton County in the 2020 election. Don't forget, Fulton County also certified 59,143 in-person votes on Election Day, despite the fact that only 14,152 people had voted as of 5 p.m. on November 3rd, 2020. So what does that suggest? Well, the in-person vote on Election Day was inflated by approximately 37,000 votes because records show no rush to the polls during the final two hours of voting and a screenshot of the in-person Election Day results shared by a government contractor only showed 21,843 people voted at the polls in Fulton County on November 3rd. There were over 364,000 ineligible voter registrations on the rolls during the 2020 election, and likely 67,284 votes were cast from voters with invalid residency. 59,000 of the 79,460 drop box ballots in Fulton County were not immediately transported to the election registrar in violation of state election board rules and an estimated 355,000 ballot transfer forms for drop box ballots are just missing. The presence of a QR code mismatch error within the Dominion tabulators that systematically undercounts votes was found in 65 out of 67 Georgia counties where records were available. The election results in Georgia in 2020 are not only not reliable, but were electronically altered and the are and are supported by the state's own election records. 
Georgia knows that they can't trust the election in Georgia for 2020, yet they just decided to go ahead and do it anyways. The appearance of tens of thousands of unconfirmed ballots in subsequent hand and machine counts suggest reconciliation happened after the election, meaning after it was clear what margins were needed to win. And if we go to Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, it is just as bad because in Wisconsin, the Superior Court ruled that drop boxes are illegal under Wisconsin law in a four to three decision issued in July of 2022. So ballot drop boxes will not be in use in the 2024 election. And that is going to be significant. Wisconsin Election Commissioner Megan Wolf unilaterally declared ballot drop boxes could be used to vote in the 2020 election, despite the fact that the WEC's commissioners never voted to adopt this memo. If you take a look at the city of Milwaukee, nearly half of all of its votes were cast by mail. That's a total of 217,424 ballots, and the city deployed 15 drop boxes, with election officials claiming the drop boxes would be under 24-hour surveillance. However, after the election, uh, not a single municipality in the county produced any video surveillance of drop boxes in response to open records requests indicating that either the videos were destroyed because it was obvious they were being stuffed or they never bothered to take them in the first place. If we go back to 2020, you will probably remember my reporting on indefinitely confined votes in Wisconsin. This was a banner year. There was a surge in indefinitely confined voters. It resulted in 220,404 votes cast by individuals who were exempted from showing voter ID because they were too worried about COVID. This surge of suspect votes was due to Democrat election clerks giving advice that was deemed illegal after the election, instructing voters to identify themselves as disabled during the COVID pandemic to avoid voter ID laws. Scott McDonald, he was a Democrat clerk of Dane County that encompasses the area of Madison, Wisconsin. He told all residents that they could identify themselves as indefinitely confined because of COVID, specifically citing it as a way to get around voter ID laws. And these indefinitely confined voters are supposed to be physically unable to go to the polls due to age, disability, or illness. It increased by an astounding 393% in Dane County from 2016 to 2020, 492% in Racine County, 281% in Milwaukee County, and 287% in the state overall. There were just 50 56,978 indefinitely confined voters in 2016, 70,000 roughly in 2019. However, by 2020, there were 220,404 votes cast using this very very suspicious status. Over 77% of these individuals had never been listed as indefinitely confined before. It was only during the COVID-19 pandemic. And over the leg- the Wisconsin Legislative Audit Bureau identified 48,544 people who voted as indefinitely confined in November of 2020 who had never provided photo identification. They could not identify them if they tried. They had no photo identifications on file with the clerks. That is more than twice the vote margin of 20,682. Simply with the indefinitely confined 
find voters, it's obvious that Trump truly did win the election in Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin Election Commission, you remember this one, they ordered nursing homes to violate the law by not allowing special voting deputies inside those facilities. And that led to an increase in election fraud where these incapacitated elderly residents were forced to cast votes in their name with the assistance of nursing home staff. The Office of Special Counsel's second interim report found that in these nursing homes in Milwaukee, Dane, and Racing Counties, they had a 100% turnout due to this order from the Wisconsin Election Commission. And internal emails from election officials in Green Bay revealed that Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, a former Democratic Party operative, served as a de facto elections administrator. He was given access to Green Bay's absentee ballots days before the election, so Mr. Rubenstein knew exactly how many votes they needed to pad. The office of the special counsel referenced that case. They have evidence that this grantee, who was funded by CTCL, was directly involved in all aspects of management of election officials. He was entrusted with the only sets of physical keys to the city's central count location. He managed the transportation of the ballots. He instructed the counting of unlawful ballots that had arrived at the central count location beyond the lawful time window. Not mentioned in the report, however, is the dis- the disclosure by Peter Bergenegger uh, to the Senate hearing last month that the executive director of elections in Milwaukee, Claire Woodall Vogue, not only returned to grab a USB stick that she left behind, leaving law enforcement suspicious, but she also had a huge truckload of ballots arrive long after the polls had closed and while the observers had been forced out of the building. Very similar to what we saw in Fulton County, Georgia. Now, if we take a look at Pennsylvania, months after the election, there were 121,240 more votes than voters. And that was according to the Pennsylvania Department of State. By law, Pennsylvania cannot certify an election with this type of discrepancy. However, they did anyway. Republican lawmakers led by state representative Frank Ryan were tracking these vote discrepancies in real time in the statewide uniform registry of electors system. Now, Ryan is a certified public accountant. He initially reported there were 170,000. 830 more votes than voters in the presidential race. That is more than twice the margin in Pennsylvania. He said these numbers just don't add up. And the alleged certification of Pennsylvania's presidential election results was absolutely premature, unconfirmed and in error. The Pennsylvania Department of State's office called this obvious misinformation. Don't they always call it misinformation when it's the 100% truth? However, they did admit the only way to determine the number of votes who vote voters who voted in November from the sure system is through the vote histories, which they said that Philadelphia, Allegheny and other counties had still not completed. That right there is an admission that the election was certified without ensuring that the number of voters and votes matched in this sure system, which sounds to me like it's the only reason it actually exists. So the election was certified on November 24th, 2020, and the Department of State's statement came out on December 29th, 2020. Pennsylvania also credited 71,893 people for voting who returned mail-in ballots after Election Day, and these individuals were included in the voter history files. 
That includes a number of 50,285 that were received between November 4th and November 6th. 11,570 were received between November 7th and November 11th. And another 10,038 were received on or after November 12th. The Yahoo, who was Secretary of State at the time, Bookfar, claimed that only 10,000 ballots were received between the close of polls on Election Day and November 6th. That was a lie. And, of course, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, he poured in tens of millions of dollars, $25 million into the administration of the election in Pennsylvania in 2020. Over $10 million went to the Democrat-controlled jurisdiction of Philadelphia, which included $5.5 million on ballot processing equipment. And another five. 552,000 for drop boxes. A lawsuit that was filed in Delaware County revealed video evidence of election officials discussing destroying election evidence from the November 20th election. It's a felony, one official said, after talking about the need to get rid of voting pads in scanned and second scanners. Sources involved in the litigation allege that Delaware County officials violated numerous election laws and that the destruction of records was done to ensure records eventually provided uh, actually matched the election results that were reported in November 2020. So in other words, we've got to destroy the real data so that when they go back and look, they're only going to see the votes that we want them to see so that everything matches up. And then don't forget about that U.S. Postal Service contract trucker, Jesse Morgan, reporting that his trailer disappeared while transporting 24 Gaylords of completed ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. It's an estimate that 24 Gaylords pallets would contain somewhere between 130,000 and 280,000 ballots. And then we have that recently released information, that highly redacted report from the inspector general of the post office that vindicated Mr. Morgan. But claimed that he underestimated the number of ballots and identified the wrong trailer. Absolutely ridiculous. And then finally, we also have this video revealing the voter rolls in Georgia being completely out of line. Let me first say, oh, Red Pill Girlfriend says, looks like it was unsealed. Okay, honey. Well, (laughs) we'll get to the election another time. Let me go ahead and see if I can pull up an article. Judge Preska unseals cache of Epstein documents. Per Chuck Colesto, the Epstein files have been released. Let's go to uh, Chuck Colesto's Twitter, too. I was hoping if I went long enough that it would get it would get released. It's just one page. Chuck, throw me a bone, Chuck. All right. Wow, it's a lot of lot of files. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, at least hundreds of files. He's downloaded them all. This will take some digging. Hey, Eve, I see you right there. Okay. Check back later for updates. Ooh, can we go to court listener? I've still got to get ready for uh, Altered State later tonight, too. Uh, I bet you that everybody and their brother, oh, it's not working. We we crashed court listener, you guys. <laughs> Human verification. Yeah, court listener is down. 
court listener is down. But we do have 17 pages. Mm, no, this is the original um, action that got this stuff unsealed. Yeah. Okay, guys. So tell you what. I'm going to continue to try downloading this stuff from Court Listener, and as long as I can get it, Brad and I will go over all of this tonight on Altered State. So that means you're going to have to tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern on Badlands Media with me and Brad Getz as we discuss the ever-evolving saga of Jeffrey Epstein and his ghost speaking from beyond the grave. Uh, also, if you want a uh, a, a funny bit, you can go to my Twitter and check out the retweet of uh, Anarchist Owl's video of me narrating Lord of the Rings because someone had suggested that in the chat and he AI took my voice and made me do the opening to Lord of the Rings. All right, so let me say thank you very much to Allison N for the can, J2 Dank for the can. Harrington says, I love you, brother. Thanks for being on top of all that you do. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you. Nakaz says, aloha. Thank you. Take it easy. What's up? Right on. Well, in Hawaiian, at least. So it could be any of those things. Asquatch, thank you for the can. J2 Dank, thank you for the can. And Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. All right, you guys. And uh, there is no way, no how, Nikki Haley forever. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm just going to run on over here to Twitter real quick and see if anybody's been chatting. Uh, says there are 300 people over there, but I don't see... Uh, oh, they automatically ended my broadcast. Gosh darn it, because I went longer than I expected. All right, you guys, please join me tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Brad and I will be going over the Epstein files. I want to thank everybody for participating in the show today. Uh, Finn1776 asks if I got your... You got my money? I don't know. Did you donate something through... One of the uh, various platforms that I have available, if you donated through my website, it doesn't come through as a notification. Um, I do see that I got an email from uh, someone named Andy. Uh, Andy, listening to the show, five-year veteran, get Tom from We the People Convention on again. Oh, yeah, uh, Tom's a good friend. I'll definitely have him back on. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, I'm... Finn, you're going to have to be more specific because I don't see anything, and uh, I don't I don't have a donation on Cash App. I or maybe I do. Hold on. Nope, I don't have anything uh, here, and I didn't get any notifications on Ko-Fi. So, all right, you guys. Um, Mm, yeah, I see nothing. Okay, well, here you go. I, thanks, guys. I got to go. I got to get ready. I'm going to keep trying to download this stuff. Let me pass out the gold pills and uh, appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. Hopefully, I see you tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on Badlands Media with myself and Brad Getz for another exciting episode of Altered State, where hopefully we're going to be going over the Epstein documents. See you then. Good luck. God bless. Peace.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.